0: You
1: got it, yeah. Based on that <laughs> laughter.
2: Sorry, I will stop derailing this conversation. <laughs> All right, uh, so, so Tim's got a gray couch. It's <laughs> He's a casting got couch.
3: The gray couch. It is the gray couch in is the back room the casting. Oh wait,
2: it's this okay. Is... Matt,
1: this has gone over Matt's innocent little mind. It's fine.
3: Is this is. I mean,
2: I, it's. It, it, am I close with, like, referencing Harvey Weinstein in this? Like, yeah, no, and I know re- to completely fuck up the show, but, I mean, like, you mentioned not casting officially. Uh, Kinda? It's, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of?
0: Kind of? I don't know. <laughs> I mean,
2: Look, I'm right, the sure, three yeah, of you are in a and okay, not telling me. So, like, I'm just going to guess the worst thing until you tell me what it is. It is. I it mean, is, it's, uh, it's porn, man. From,
3: yeah, it is from adult films. Uh okay. oh, it is. Okay, okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go back to Big on fire that's
2: it that's all you needed to say like i can i i can do the next like six to seven steps in my head but you just showed me a couch uh all right we're gonna move on welcome to the brose podcast everyone available as always on tim's couch mm. uh, on apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher spotify soundcloud TuneIn, and everywhere else where fine podcasts are bought and sold This is the third episode of this session. And if you listen to any of our episodes before, you know that the premise of our show is to answer questions from you, the audience, about life, the universe, and everything while enjoying a delicious glass of rosé. And if you have a question you want us to answer on the air, email it to broséquestions at gmail.com. That's broséquestions at Uh, gmail.com. Before we get to those questions, let's talk about our wine Tim Hansen, what are we drinking? We are drinking the one, the
1: only, FU 2020 from Knocking Point Wineries in Walla Walla, Washington. It's delicious,
2: it's sweet, it's bubbly, and I still don't have heartburn, so I'm loving it. (laughs) And it's incredibly apropos for this particular session, because it's the last episode that we'll be doing in the aforementioned year 2020. Uh, So we're sending it off with a bang.
3: Te- technically, we might record again in twenty twenty. <laughs> Potentially,
2: well, yes, we, we might sit together and do this in twenty twenty. Maybe, but also I don't I, I don't know if the schedule is going to work out. But you're getting you're, it's very technically we might record again in twenty twenty. <laughs> Doomed as it may be. Uh, Rich, what's your thoughts on this wine?
3: It is uh, good and uh, bubbling. W- bubbly wine makes me very bubbly, apparently. Uh, I've finished my bottle, so it's
2: good. Wow. Boy. <laughs> See you on Monday. Uh, Sean, what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, it's very nice. It's a nice sip in wine. I wouldn't recommend drinking an entire bottle by yourself, but it's uh, very good. I'm I'm enjoying it, and I probably will end up drinking this whole bottle by myself.
2: There you go. Uh, I also am a fan. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Tim. Uh, so I I, uh, I am enjoying this glass very much. it's It's dry. It's just sweet enough. It is is doing the trick for me, but as as previously stated, would not recommend just housing a whole bottle of this wine uh if you are able to avoid it which should be easy if you just stop drinking it um all right i have the last envelope of questions that fucking face tim's got uh the, 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 face. Micros- I've, the I've windows got, xp I've, desktop background with nicholas cage I've, uh I've, peering <laughs> over the hill behind it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I,
3: I it'll it'll be posted on instagram sometime throughout this week
2: Tim, there's an option here to fill out an abuse report, and I think it's incredibly <laughs> a warranted for me to go ahead and fill out an abuse report
3: for this circumstance. Yeah, that
2: makes uh, sense. In in lieu of that, in, in spite of that, I'm going to go ahead and, and read this next uh, envelope of questions. We're on the third session. It's our New Year's special, guys. New Year's our Brotacular. Here's Year's bro-tacular. And our first question is, what was your New Year's resolution last year? Did you do it? And what is your new New Year's resolution? I don't think I did one. I it feel
1: like not. we asked this question last year and I said, my yeah. resolution is to not have a resolution. Well, and uh, I did it.
3: If, if I remember correctly, you, you more so straight up just said, New Year's resolutions are stupid because why limit yourself to a time frame of a start and finish?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're going to do we, it, just do it.
3: Why I remember that? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you i don't listen. remember what mine was at all uh mine was to lose enough weight to be able to get a tattoo and uh thanks to covid i haven't been out of my house in nine months so i have not lost enough weight <laughs> to be able to get a tattoo what's th- uh, there's a weight
0: limit to get a tattoo
3: no but like you don't t- want to be like you don't want to have extra skin and then lose the weight and then it like shrinks on it and like it's more of a goal and the reward is the tattoo.
0: Okay, okay, okay. okay yeah, okay.
3: so like my goal was to get down to about 250 and then get a tattoo, but I I, I didn't – I actually, I think, gained about 5 to 10 pounds over the past year, so.
2: Things changed.
3: So yeah. Things <laughs> changed a little bit this year. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, mine was to play guitar more, and I played it about as much as I did last year. I did write – lyrics to a few songs that I was going to put to music and never actually did, which is weird because I had all the time in the world to do it, selected so not to. Um, and and I would like to honestly just do that again. Like that is my new year's resolution is like the last year has, has provided me with a lot of, of time to think about just shit in general. And basically my, my songwriting will be just like the dude from Big Lebowski or just be like new shit has come to light. Uh, and it's time for me to express that in the weirdest way possible. So I'll uh, write a couple of songs about it and see what yeah. happens.
3: Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Tim, what do you have a new New Year's resolution? <laughs> no. All right. Good. Good. We're going to keep my, not talking about Tim's changing background because he's changed it six times since these questions started. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the goal so we can
1: my, avoid AD, this. my ADD is hitting new bounds
2: now. How about this? Here's my New Year's resolution. We're getting brosé on visual. Because if we're going to have to keep doing <laughs> the video thing for a considerable amount of time. I love it. Let's do it. I love it. And I and like,
3: then. I I have been uh, playing with the idea of doing the Brose Bistro and doing a whole YouTube channel uh, with stuff that we could do. I've also been thinking about uh, starting a web page on Squarespace uh, and doing, like, a personal blog for each of us on the Brose um, uh, website. The Brose
2: Podcast Network here. Yeah. Ooh.
3: Like, uh, th- these are things that are on my mind and ideas for us to do. And t- I you keep doing that face. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh but yeah we i've had so many ideas of like trying to lift brose up more into more of the stratosphere of uh more entertainment that like they're just all up here in my head and i've not put them down on paper or in the digital space
1: yeah i mean Mm -hmm. for the record i am much better at visual gags than i am at verbal gags so this is (laughs) like this is me (laughs) Um, but also if we are going to do videos, uh, trying to figure out some way of captioning because I do know at least a couple people who are somewhat hard of hearing and they would appreciate that.
3: Good. Mm -hmm. That'd be awesome. Uh, YouTube has auto captioning. Um, and it sucks. It is is terrible. It sucks, but, uh, you can also caption it yourself, but do we, or you can pay somebody to caption it.
2: (laughs) Sean. What was your New Year's resolution last year? I think you said you you weren't sure if you remember. I don't remember,
0: so I'm going to say I didn't do it because I don't even remember what it was. And this year, what should my New Year's resolution be? I think my New Year's resolution... Oh, was it till... No, that was my quarantine resolution, was to learn how to ride a unicycle. Um, My New Year's resolution is going to be to learn how to play the banjo. So next year, at the end of next year, I hope to know actually how to play the banjo. Well,
2: it's good, or at I mean, least generally
0: at least as well as I play the guitar, which is like passably <laughs>
2: nah, man, come on. Uh, look, I, I generally agree with Tim's perception on this is just like you don't have to like it's an ex- like to to institute a change in behavior. typically, it's good to have that like, at any time of year, like it's like, well, why start just on January first? Why, you know, why not do it in July? Um, but whatever the impetus is for people, if it gets people, you know, off their butts and doing something different or, or trying something new, like whatever inspiration you can draw, it's something that you draw. Um, just as long as it's uh, something you commit to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other thoughts on New Year's resolutions?
0: No,
3: we've we've talked about them a
0: bunch. Yes, yeah. we have. Do mm-hmm.
3: do them if you want. If you hate them. You hate them, but don't hate on people that like them, and don't ha- hate on people that don't yeah. like them. Don't yuck. Anyone's yum. Yes.
2: Believe in yourself. Our next question comes to us from Emily Cooper. What is the worst spot in your home? Uh,
3: this one's easy for me. Uh, it is where I record right here. Uh, I am surrounded by four windows, and the sun comes in the direction that I'm facing from right now, so it comes from the east. Which is where I'm looking. And then as it falls, it is coming on my uh, right side. So while I'm working, I have the sun on my eyes on the right. And then it's directly down on me. Since I'm also surrounded by windows, it's always a lot colder. Um, and my thermostat is on the other end of the room. Which is always a lot warmer. It's in the direct middle of the house with no outside accessibility. Because it's connected to the house next door. So... If it, like, literally right here is the worst spot, but also my favorite because it's got my computer and everything.
2: <laughs> you need to compensate for everything else.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: Tim, what's the worst spot in your place?
1: Uh, it's about a 2 by 3 section, which is directly behind the where we have our recliner. And almost directly behind that is the bar into the kitchen. And honestly, there is no other real good floor plan or like layout for the furniture that we have it's just like a pinch point mm-hmm. like every going through it sucks or is like very tight or just seems weird but there's nowhere else for that recliner to go without making everything else weird we can't flip the room around or you have almost no room for like the television viewing area or anything like that um but then like after you pass the recliner it, it it's fine again so that's what I would say is the worst part because I just love the layout of this apartment. And it's everything
2: that—that's the only part that's got like some poor design is like everything else is fine, but it's just that one area. Yeah,
1: because because it's a rather it's a rather um, open floor plan, and especially since the fact that you can see into the kitchen completely and it's very open, which I love. Uh, and I mean, just it's hard to fuck up a bedroom. <laughs> so, so, I mean, our bedrooms are fine, and we only have two rooms the bathroom, and then everything else is more or less one large open floor plan. So,
2: between that, the, the Tim has changed his background to a, a bar background stack with liquor, between that and like all this talk about like uh, the layout and like li- you know, line of sight and like point, pinch points and everything, you're reminding me, you, give me off strong John Taffer vibes, Tim. <laughs> I have
1: made shut this shit down jokes or like shut this yeah. down now. At I'm least it down. Se- I've done that at least seven times this week, and I've uh, never watched Bar Rescue. So good, I miss that show.
2: I missed that show, show so much.
3: I think it's on Amazon. Uh, if it's on like
2: Amazon, a, I'm gonna start watching it again. It was a I Viacom have, thing.
1: Yeah, I've sent Jake Taffert uh,
2: uh, memes to people at work. Is it John John Taffer? Because Jake Taffer Tapper is the uh the CN guy. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly I don't uh, fucking know. Oh, is, this it Jay, is... Taffer, Jay Taffer Jake Tapper and John Taffer? is very confusing. <laughs> you <laughs> whatever. Have to,
3: you have to pay for it on Amazon, but it is on like Sling and YouTube TV.
2: Uh, okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> such a good show. Uh, it is it's so it's, gar- good. it's garbage, it. but I love it. Um that was that was the uh when football season was over, that was our Sunday viewing. And mm-hmm. uh, when I lived in Delaware, was just watching marathons of Bar Rescue uh, for mm-hmm. eight hours.
3: And, and you never called me down to have a Bar Rescue marathon? like? Well, because I wasn't exactly <laughs>
2: proud of how much time we were spending watching Bar Rescue. Uh, I wasn't advertising it I, at that time. I,
3: I was in the same – like on my Sunday mornings, I would start just watching A&E and it would be like jail or lock up or whatever. Oh, God. All that And stuff. then – and then after that it would be bar rescue. And I'm like, well, I'm done for the day. It's over. <laughs>
2: it's over. Sean, what's the worst spot in your house?
0: It's the
3: basement right now. It's just such a
0: mess. I have to like it just gives me anxiety to go down there because I know it's a mess. Mm. So right now, it's the basement. Worst spot in my house because it is a messy, messy boy.
2: Messy boy. Messy boy. I'm not gonna count because we don't have a basement. We have a we have a crawl space. I'm not gonna count that because it can go down there. Once every quarter, once every fiscal quarter, we'll go down there. Um, so our house is relatively small. We we generally make efficient use of of the space in it. But there is one spot that I can say unequivocally and without fear of contradiction is the worst spot in our house, uh, and that is the washroom. Uh, the washroom is in the living room of our house. Already an odd place for it, but I'm not already. I'm not so mad about it. It's on the ground floor. Um, it's super small. Uh, we have a little cart that has, you know, the 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 detergents and the dryer sheets and everything like that that we store in there, uh, and then we have the washer dryer stacked on top of each other. But it's such a small room, and it's also where the uh, the water heater and our air conditioning unit is, and all that other stuff. And so it's it's that's on top of like a concrete block uh, right behind it. So there's like a, a, a minuscule amount of space for you to shimmy in. Put your laundry in, and then you have to like reach. Up. It's just it's an awkwardly arranged situation based on the amount of space that's in the house. Super small, uh, a pain in the ass to get in and out of. And uh, my cats have decided because they my, my my one my small cat loves the garage because it it reminds him of the outside, I guess. Um, and so because there's a concrete slab in that in that washroom, the cat loves going in there because it's like oh it's basically the garage, and he like chirps and like rolls around on the concrete and everything. But we don't want him in there because there's a bunch of like there's a water heater in there and there's an air conditioning <laughs> unit and there's a bunch of pipes and tubes and everything. We don't want him running there when all the, the machinery is running. Um, so it, as the added bonus of our cat loves going in there. And it, we also it's like the last place we want him. So uh, so <laughs> yeah. I will say it's the that's the worst room in the house uh, because it's just, you know, I, I ha- we have to go in there pretty much every day and it sucks.
3: I, I, can, I have, a like, a utility room similar to that where my water heater, my, my central heating, and, and my washer and dryer are. And it is the tightest space you can ever see, find. Yeah. I, and it's just, like, I hate going back there. Yeah. Um,
2: I get it. It's, br- it's brutal because I, I get it. Like, you don't want to sacrifice other living spaces in the house to make that, you know, that crummy area bigger where all you're doing is, you know, housing your, your units and everything and running the, the washer and dryer. But at the same time, you have to go in there at some point. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah um i also have a literal spot in my kitchen that has a weak floor um and i mm. tend to step on it every time i go into the kitchen subconsciously mm. uh that is also one of the worst spots in my house mm. it is it is like a maybe like a one foot diameter spot in my kitchen that like if you step in you can feel it like cave or, or drop a little bit mm. like this is the worst
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, I can see it. It's a singular spot in an actual room that you like, typically.
3: Yeah, and it's right yeah. in front of the sink. So every time I go to the sink, I step in this spot just for whatever reason.
2: Um, Our next question, if you could listen in on any room in the world, which room would it be?
3: Uh, literally right now, any room that Trump is in.
2: I was
0: gonna say the same thing, and I think we talked about this before, where mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. I just want to know what the fuck he's thinking, like mm-hmm. what is going on inside yeah. what's going on inside his
3: head, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, mine's I,
1: related, yeah. but it's it, it's Giuliani,
3: uh-huh, okay, yeah, yeah,
1: because he's actually in court trying to defend all this or or <laughs> trying to carry out some of this legislation
2: and bullshit, and it's just like,
1: what the fuck are you doing?
2: yeah 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 those those are always good ones like uh, just to see what actually how the sausage is made yeah is. like
0: i i have to imagine that he honestly and truly believes the things that he's saying because like i don't think he's smart enough i don't know i don't think he's smart enough to be making all of it mm-hmm. up so i think he honestly believes that like he read it somewhere that there was a bunch of illegals and dead people voting Mm-hmm. and he believes it and he's well, that's just, a, like and I, yeah, you don't make a
2: 46 think, minute he he recently made a, a a very long lengthy video posted it online uh, explaining how he thought there was you know a, again repeating that he thought there was massive voter fraud and you know the election was stolen from him and that da da, da, da da uh and, and I don't think you get to make that video unless you genuinely believe it like cuz I don't think there's no PR reason for that I don't think you sell anybody that isn't already on your side with a 46 minute video about Mm -hmm. this subject, you know, on December 2nd or whenever it was, they put it out. Mm -hmm. So he genuinely probably believes this stuff. And like, as you guys have alluded to probably is, is ranting and raving about it in these backroom deals.
3: Yeah. and Like I, as we were recording tonight, probably during uh, the first uh, episode of tonight, uh, I got a CNN article update of, uh, uh, Donald Trump urged a uh, Georgia representative to repeal the uh, announcement that Georgia went to Biden and that it's actually going to Trump. And I'm like, I want to be there when he makes these calls. I want to listen to both parts of the conversation. I just want to know what he's saying to these people. Like, it is just, and it's only right now. Like, normally I'd be, I'd, I'd rather be like, uh, a fly on the wall during like a, one of the critical role games or something like that. But right now, I just want to know what's going on with him.
2: Yeah, See, it's interesting. Like in in any other time of the year, like I'm typically like, yeah, I want to be on the a fly on the wall in these in these political rooms, and I, I still do. I I also want to be in the I want to be in the general manager's office of the Philadelphia Eagles, and yeah. I want to hear uh howie roseman and and doug peterson talking with each other about what the hell is going on with their football team and like i just i I, i've always been curious to hear like how like obviously there's there's an amount of fronting that goes on whether you're talking about politics or sports but i'm always curious to see like what the actual like cutting to the quick kind of conversations happen uh in like professional sports front offices like where they just go like yeah we know this guy like especially because right now you know, the Eagles are struggling and Carson Wentz is having a bad year. I want to know if they're just straight up going like, yeah, we know he's garbage, but we can't bench him or something like I, yeah. I want to know what level of candor they have when they're talking about players like that. Um, so I, I would be very curious to hear what they're saying, um, le- infinitely less inconsequential than the selections that you guys <laughs> made. But I have always wanted to know, like, how candid they get in those yeah. in those discussions? Yeah. Hmm. Any other rooms? That you'd like to listen into right now
0: nah it's um, wild well, man. yeah yeah it's wild yeah this is well this uh, luckily when this comes out the election will have been certified mm-hmm. and be donezo and you won't have to worry about this future us
2: mm-hmm.
3: but there, um there will be uh 23 days left of a trump presidency
2: we will. We will. Uh, as a sneak preview, as I gloss over some of these questions, I pulled a Rich Sweeten and and pr- briefly uh, sk- skimmed these questions. Uh, there is a, a, an a there is a slight political discussion at the end of this, so I will I will hold off uh, until then. But uh, but our next question is also from Emily Cooper. We thank you, Emily, for sending this in. What is your favorite dish to cook?
0: Um, I make a pretty mean shepherd's pie. Oh boy! And it is fun to make. It's very involved. After after
2: my wife's heart, she loves shepherd's pie.
0: I love shepherd's pie, and I make Mm -hmm. a great. It's like almost vegan. It's so close to being vegan, (laughs) but we use butter in the mashed potatoes. But like, yeah, what are you gonna do? Uh, but it is so good. Um, and it is a lot, and so I don't want to make it all the time. But when I do, I enjoy. Like, it's very like. You know, cut up all the onions, mince some garlic, all that stuff. It's like everything I know how to do in the kitchen all at once, and then you get a great
2: product mm. at the end. So you're not using ghee, g h a g in your uh, in your shepherd's pie as a substitute for butter.
3: That's no. uh, that's clarified butter anyway, so it's still regular butter.
2: Uh, okay, well you're yeah. you're screwed either way then, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a, a paleo exactly. thing. I wasn't sure if that was a vegan thing. Um. But uh, shepherd's shepherd's pie is really good.
0: It is so good.
2: Yeah. Tim, what's your favorite dish to cook? Uh,
1: I'm pretty simple when it comes to cooking, and it's usually just like season up a nice steak with actual spices and not just salt and pepper. Um, like and what? What's
2: what's your spice mix typically for your favorite kind of steak?
1: <sighs> um. So a little bit of cayenne pepper. Which, depending on how much you put on it, it you don't really you don't get the kick of it. You just get a little bit of extra p- flavor. Uh, garlic because you gotta put garlic in everything. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, rules. R- uh, I actually have like a, I think it's McCormick's, but McCormick's has like a steak thing that I really like. But they have oh, a the Montreal steak of seasoning. Yeah, yeah Montreal yeah. steak seasoning is great, even though it is very heavy in salt and pepper. There's other stuff in it, but they also have a uh, Brazilian steakhouse. One that is fantastic. Uh, a, smoke chip- a smoky chipotle one that they do that's pretty good. Uh, sometimes I'll throw paprika on there. Uh, just because... Just honestly, just because... It was yeah. just something I was fucking around with. And I was like, oh, that worked. <laughs> For shits and gigs. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but we did find a Sriracha Sloppy Joe's. Mm. That I think is phenomenal. So, nice. Oh, boy. Oh boy! Actually, I don't think I've made that since the last time I was over at your guys' house, and we brought that. So, so I got to bring that back does. because it makes so much, and that's just not feasible for just me and with, uh, on most I days. Know.
2: That's the trouble. Is like you find a good recipe, uh, like whether you're looking it up online or you make it up yourself. It typically like you're not making small portions for just two people. So it's like, oh, man, do I want to make yeah. a recipe that serves eight? <laughs> yeah, just tosses in the freezer. Rich, what's your favorite dish to cook?
3: It's um. I alternate, uh, probably weekly or bi-weekly with either, uh, cacao e pepe or a nice carbonara, but I generally, uh, also cook chicken and put it within it. So, uh, cacao e pepe is a pasta dish where it's basically Parmesan cheese and pepper. And so you cook the pasta, take some of the pasta water and mix, like, put a lot of Parmesan cheese, a lot of pepper and the pasta water, mix it and it becomes like a creamy sauce And I'll usually like um, lightly, lightly dredge some chicken in like potato flour or something like that and fry it up real quick, chop it up and put it in there. Or I'll make a carbonara, which is eggs and uh, bacon and pasta. And then at the same time, add the chicken as well. And it makes it like a little bit more rich and some more protein. So it's, I alternate between those at least once a week, Hmm. I'll make one or the other.
2: Okay. Those are good. Carbonara, it's been a long time since I had uh, carbonara of any kind. It's really good.
3: The problem with carbonara is because you're not, like, technically not cooking the eggs when you make it. You're using the residual heat from the pasta and the pasta water to make the eggs into a sauce. And that cooks them and gets, like, all the bad stuff out that when you, like, microwave it or reheat it, it just turns the eggs into scrambled eggs and it's not that great.
0: Mm-hmm. so like no bueno. it's
3: it's very it's a very rich pasta because it's it's got the bacon the bacon fat the bacon grease and everything and the the eggs but like you can't really reheat it uh, unless you're willing to compromise which like i make i'll make a, an entire bag of pasta just for myself and it'll be like three or four meals so like i kind of just be like all right well i'm having uh scrambled eggs with chicken and pasta now mm-hmm. yeah 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 yeah
2: I think I, I mentioned it several times in this show. My favorite dish to make is fried chicken. Okay. Uh, making making your own fried chicken is so satisfying. Uh, really, it, it is a broader category. My favorite dish to make is anything that involves brining or marinating it beforehand. Because I like because you're then you're thinking about it. Because like you know, twenty four hours beforehand, like for example, I, I we made uh, we made pork tenderloin tonight, and I, I did it up on on a. Uh, on the grill inside I grilled it up inside on a on a, a griddler, uh, but uh, but I grilled up some pork chop. But I marinated it the night before, and the night last night I was like, oh boy, this is gonna be awesome! Like <laughs> like I'm, I'm, for twenty four hours you're thinking about it. And it's the same way with fried chicken because the way you do fried chicken, you brine it in buttermilk the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you sit it in buttermilk whether you're doing wings or breasts or what have you. Um, you brine in buttermilk for you know 8 to 12 hours or so you get it to break down a little bit if you want to make it like cajun style you toss some smoked paprika in there and some tabasco sauce and uh and then you 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 bread it and you can do it a couple different ways but like it's such comforting food and every step of the way like i can see it and i go like it's sort of tough sometimes like if you're if you're first starting cooking you're like i don't know how this is going to come together as a dish with fried chicken every step of the way i'm like even though I haven't started breading this, I know this is going to be good. Like it's covered in buttermilk and butter and and um and like pepper and salt and everything. Like I know this is going to be good. And then I bread it and I'm like I know this is going to be good. And then I dip it in the egg and I'm like I still know this is going to be good. Like it's, <laughs> it's like every step great. of the way. Yeah, it's it's great. And then you fry it and like it's a it's a process and and the thing is because the, the one of the reasons I like it is cuz you can do it like six different ways till Sunday and if you don't brine it and you don't do any of that it's still going to taste pretty good if yeah. you brine it and take mm-hmm. you know the the 24 hour process it's going to taste great but the baseline is very good and yeah. and that's kind of why I like it is you can do it a couple different variations of it you can dip it in different sauces you know if you're feeling like hey I want to make a a buffalo sauce you'll do it in that I've made buffalo sauce and just substituted sriracha for standard hot sauce and it tastes great it's a whole gloopier but it tastes really good done barbecue sauce garlic parmesan like it's it's just it's a great base for a a delicious comfort food meal so give me fried chicken
3: baby. <laughs> yeah mm. <clears throat> my my problem is because i'm always cooking for one i tend to have these high hopes of oh this is when i'm gonna start eating clean and working out and trying to lose weight then yeah. i'll tend to just cook chicken rice and a vegetable um yeah so like i tend to cook plain but like when i cooked for thanksgiving and i had this awesome roasted chicken with mashed potatoes and 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 roasted uh, uh 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 broccoli and and all this like a lot of butter i was just like oh my god this is so good why don't i cook like this more but i'm just <laughs> like oh well because i always have these hopes that i want to lose weight and i just don't
2: right mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's 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 You know that's the that's the eternal struggle is like this is what's good for me, but this is what tastes delicious. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, The next question, unless you guys have any other thoughts on dishes, your favorite dish to cook, or anything like that. This question comes to us from listener John Tursich. Thank you, John. Uh, What kind of smell would you choose to have your home smell like for the rest of your life? And he offers some uh, some suggestions, i.e., brisket, bread, Christmas, (laughs) etc. For the rest of your life,
3: I'm gonna cheat here and just say baked goods.
2: Okay, I
3: feel that's like that's a sp- fairly that broad is not category. Specific enough. That's so many. It, it, things. I mean, if you if you want me to be specific, uh, and we do, and you do, um, it would be like a sweet bread, like like sweet, like like maybe like, like King's Hawaiian. Yeah, like
2: I, I, mm. like
3: I don't like I don't know. It's, I love the smell of bread, but I also love sweet. So like some like yeah. a sweet pastry, cinnamon rolls. There we go, cinnamon rolls. Boom. Ooh, that's good. Go. Good pick. Yeah.
2: There you go. Similarly, I think I would go with like crescent rolls or something. Mm-hmm. Like uh, like uh, like crescent rolls that are like currently baking in the oven. Like,
3: uh, I- yeah. That-
2: it's very satisfying, and I, I don't think that's a smell that would get old for me. Like bacon is a great smell when you're baking it in the oven or you're frying it up on the on the skillet or whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm picking food. Obviously, there's other smells that aren't food, but like I'm just comparing. <laughs> uh, but like like bacon is a good smell, but I, I feel like that would get a little oppressive after mm-hmm. like twelve hours or so. Mm-hmm. So I, I will take the the crescent rolls as a nice, non oppressive, comforting smell.
3: Yeah, you got that the butteriness and the 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 the, 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 the breadiness. Oh yeah. Sounds amazing.
1: What about you, Tim? I'm gonna go with uh, vanilla and sandalwood Ooh, because sandalwood. I like yeah. It. So th- for the same reason that you think uh, bacon would be overpowering, even though the sweetness and the lightness of all the baked goods and stuff is uh, drastic, is very different. I still feel like I would reach the same. I'm over this. Like I need this to be over with. Whereas like vanilla and sandalwood. That combination of smells to me is the perfect balance of, yes, I smell this. Yes, this smells great, but it's not, like, in your face by any means. Um, And, yeah, that's it. I I just, I love vanilla. I love the flavor. I love the smell. It's fantastic. And I sandalwood is just a combination that I've uh, smelt with it. It was probably Yankee Candle or like Bath and Body Works or some shit like <laughs> sure. that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and if it wasn't that, it'd be vanilla and lavender. So similar kind of thing, just Ooh, opposite. Vanilla and lavender. Yeah.
2: Mm. <laughs> How about you, Sean?
0: Uh, sugar cookies, like vanilla, oh. just plain sugar cookies. Nice. Mm-hmm. Just a nice, pleasant smell. I love when I'm baking cook when I'm baking them. <laughs> that smell, like when they first. When you're like, it's when everything comes together and you can smell that it is the thing that you're making, you know, that's that smell. Mm. I love that smell. Mm. When I'm like, oh, yeah, these are definitely going to be good cookies. <laughs> yeah, I know. <no. laughs> this
2: is some it's very satisfying smell. Yeah. Uh, let's go with a, a, a Tim did vanilla and sandalwood. Is there a non food smell that you guys would go with?
3: Freshly cooked grass.
2: That is a good pick. Mm, I go it's with pine needles,
0: pick. like Christmas pine needles.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could say like the smell of gasoline because it's like that weird high you get from like, being what by the, the gas station. But it would kill me. <laughs> I'd be dead. That's just going to die from fumes, deceased from, from gasoline fumes. Um, I Boy, what is a good – like, the sandalwood thing is a good pick. Mine mine's I love, carbon
0: like, monoxide. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, solid choice, solid choice.
1: It'll be great for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. Just,
2: <laughs> you, <laughs> like I could never you know, have my...
3: <laughs> you know that smell they put into natural gas? That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one.
2: That one. A good selling point for the house, too. Because if the house smells like that when you sell, it's like, oh, you get, get away you get away till you get a whiff of this home.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, and all your kids are dead. Um, I If I was going for a non-food uh, smell, boy, cut grass is good uh i would go with uh i'll go sanded wood i like I like the the smell that you get when you just like sanded or or chopped a piece of wood like just the again probably not healthy because of sawdust in the air and everything but like you know that that scent is 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 nice like the the scent of a fresh cut piece of wood i dig
3: it i dig it
2: our next question comes to us from listener Dan Wolf. Thank you very much, Dan. How do you deal with family members who support Trump slash don't support Black Lives Matter?
3: I don't. You block them on (laughs) Facebook? No, I I call them out for their bullshit. Um, I have an aunt who had posted during the whole week, election week, I don't trust this election, and I said to her straight up, you wouldn't be saying this if Trump were winning. And she was like, that's a lie, Richard. And I'm like, is it? And didn't say anything else to her. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I... I, I, Like, I don't know. I, I lean into it, and I let them know, like, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least in my opinion, you're wrong, but...
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you with that. What about you, Tim? Um.
1: So... It's it's been easier for me because in conversations with my parents who were the only ones who were Trump supporters in my immediate family uh, last time around are kind of like, yeah, no, fucking no. (laughs) Uh, So that made my life easier. Uh, The few interactions I've had with the only other immediate people, not even immediate people, like uh, one or two people at work and then... uh, the in-laws has just it's kids gloves because and the only reason I I would prefer not to do kids gloves but the only reason is if I go too hard they immediately stop listening and then the rest of it is just them yelling at me that I'm not actually using any offensive language or belittling language but knowing how they approach things it's more or less they're calling me a liberal cuck and I'm just like but that's not a conversation. In the same thing that you are belittling my point, uh, in an indirect fashion, you are also complaining that that's what people do. But you are the one doing it to me because I disagree with you. So how how can we have this effective conversation if you're just going to go la 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 la? I can't hear you. Fuck you, liberals. La 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 la. Hmm. Um, so it, it's it's slow because if you. If you go too hard with somebody who a lot of Trump supporters are, they're ignorant. They're, they're they're fucking ignorant is probably the best way I can put it. If you go too hard, then the point of your conversation is lost because they're already put up seven different walls that you're never going to get through. So if you want to have an effective conversation, it needs to be very slow and with kids' gloves. Mm -hmm. otherwise it's just i'm gonna get in this fight for the sake of getting in this fight and putting that little feather in my hat that yeah i did it but you didn't (laughs) do anything yeah um it's essentially it's almost like virtue signaling it's the whole fucking plastic straw thing it's like well we've made plastic straws illegal it's like cool that didn't fucking matter it's like well i yelled at my in-law for being a trump supporter it's like cool but they didn't fucking hear you you didn't change anything what did you actually accomplish whereas if you go a little slower and have that conversation You're more likely Mm -hmm. to have an impactful, more likely, not saying it's going to work, but it's more likely to work. So if you're playing the odds game, let's go with the higher odds
2: of improvement overall. Mm -hmm. It it depends on the the relative, as you said, because I think there. I I tend to have, perhaps this is everybody, but I think there is a tendency to like take out your frustrations about all the other people you've talked about this with, with the current person you're talking about this with, like Mm -hmm. you've, you've, you know, you've had this argument with six other people. So you get to the seventh one who, you know, I think there are a lot, there, there are plenty of people who argue politics in bad faith, uh, whether it's, you know, on, on the, the right anti anti black lives matter people or, or pro Trump people or, or whatever, um, I think there are plenty of people arguing bad faith, but I think there are plenty of people who who try to debate politics or discuss politics and, and social movements in good faith. And if you get to that seventh person who's trying to argue in good faith and you just you've talked to six people who are just being jackasses and you go to the seventh one, and just go, "Dude, just shut the fuck up. Like, you know, it's not it's not a rewarding exchange at that point. So I, I completely get that. Yeah. Um, Sean, how do you handle these sorts of situations? I'm aside from blocking I, them on Facebook, which is a which is absolutely a method
0: to do. <laughs> I, well well the thing is, I think we're at a point where if you're supporting Trump or you're anti Black Lives Matter, I think you're you're really cemented in your stance and having an argument is kind of futile, unfortunately. Um you know, anyone who at this point supports Trump, right? supports a dude who isn't, who is just like spouting conspiracy theory after conspiracy theory, debunked conspiracy theories. And like, you're supporting a fascist. Like, and I, there's like, there has been this whole thing where it's like, we were calling Trump a fascist for a long time, but like, this is like straight up. This guy is just trying to, uh, trying to derail democracy he's just well, like, minimum,
2: he's, he's operating as a cult of personality exactly he's so, no platform he's just he's he's donnie trump
0: yeah so i think at this point it's kind of a lost cause but i i think it's as you know white guys it's our responsibility to go to those people and try to have those kids love conversations with them because like we're we can come at them on the same level. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, I understand or I can understand how you can get to the point where you're supporting someone like Trump. Even if I don't, obviously I don't agree with that support. I can understand how you get there. If you're, you know, if you're being ignorant as Tim said, because that's true. I think it's just ignorance and nothing else. Uh, So it's just, I, I, I've gotten to a point where it's just like block them because I don't really have the emotional bandwidth to deal with it. But I think it's our responsibility to have those conversations in good faith because we're, we can't rely on people, the people who are being negatively affected by, you know, the policies that are being put in place to have these conversations.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, 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 I think that's the, the way to, do it, because as you said, Sean, you're, you're coming at it from the, pers- like, you are presenting this, you are somebody that that person, if you're talking to a family member, they genuinely either, they, they, they love you, have a special connection with you, or some sort of familial connection with you, uh, you're closer with them than, like, the monolith, like, you know, you're not, they're, at this point, they're not talking to the monolith, like, the, the, the radical liberal left you know the the socialist left what have you they're not talking to the the personification the, the characterization they have of the left they're talking with you um they're talking with Sean their 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 mm-hmm. nephew their their whatever their their whatever relationship they have to you and i think that that helps a lot because even if it's not like i i had a lengthy like couple of text message exchange discussion with a family member of mine who who read i i wrote a big long blog post about black lives matter a couple months ago and he read it and disagreed with it um and he wrote some some uh <laughs> crazy things about black <laughs> lives matter uh like like it's just in, in my opinion they are they're like off the wall you know cuckoo bananas kind of stuff about the black lives matter movement and this is somebody who every other interaction i've had with him for the the 31 years i've been on this planet has been one of sober rational even if we disagreed on politics he was seeking for the greater good like that that's sort of the way i've approached political discussion it's like i approach it as okay we even if i disagree with you we both are trying to make the world as good as a place as possible we disagree on how to get there um and that's been harder to do over the last couple of years but that's generally the way i've I've looked at it Mm -hmm. so when when he he sent me this message i was like oh Jesus. Okay. Um and I did basically what Dude to Tim. I wrote a very detailed response back and we exchanged a couple of messages and I don't know if I convinced him, you know, of my position or not, but I think I I did my best to put it in a way that was not like you f- you fucking racist. Like cuz cuz I don't, <laughs> you know, a that doesn't work. Um yeah. and and you know, it it be it does it does not help the conversation. It doesn't steer things the right way. So I think you sort of it 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 one hundred percent depends on your relationship with the family member. If you have had enough interactions with this family member or friend or what have you, and you think that that person is discussing it with you in good faith, and you they're not just you know hitting a couple of they they, they watched uh Hannah, they watched um what's his name Tucker Carlson tonight and they read all the little points on the bottom of the screen and they're just repeating them. If you think that they're genuinely arguing in good faith and and it's probably worth it to have that kid glove conversation or just have that lengthy, you know, civil as much as you can conversation. And I will admit that is a relatively privileged position because there are a lot there are a lot of discussions where people are the lives are affected every single day by the stuff that goes on in politics. There are people whose livelihoods depend on it. and it's not as easy to just be like sober and rational about these conversations because it, you know, might affect your livelihood or your paycheck mm. or your, your family or whatever. And I get that. I, I, I get that that is a privileged position, but I think that is also the way to convince people in your family. If you are having, if you think you're having a good faith discussion. Now, if your family member is just being a troll, then I, you, you're not, you're not, you know, uh, but throw to a life of just like constantly like going through their bad faith argument and, mm-hmm. you know, trying to trying to argue with them and making your life miserable uh, it's, you know, it's, I, it, use your brain, basically. Use your brain and use your best judgment.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. This is the way totally agreed. It. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on this? Cause I think, uh, no, it's, I, I, this, it's this isn't hard. going away. This isn't going away.
3: Yeah. Like, uh, try not to feed the trolls, but at the same time, uh, you, you kind of got to call them out. It's mm-hmm. you it, yeah it's it, tough it's tough
0: well look, recently we were talking about like mary was talking about you know it comes up whenever there's a big election that's like well you know if whomever wins we're going to just leave and i i think at this point and i used to like kind of like flirt, flirt first of all not idea. allowed anymore yeah well that's <laughs> they, true they don't, no
2: no country wants us anymore but but They're i like, think y'all fucked up full of illness <laughs>
0: But I think there's, but now I think it would be immoral for us to leave because we can, you know what I mean? So like we can just, we could not that we would, but Mary and I could up and be like, we're moving to Canada deuces us. But I think Mm -hmm. it's our responsibility as people who have the means to stay here and fight for the things that we think are right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, it's, This is so it's so hard because it's it's a lot of pressure to be like to try to to try to convince people who are just, you know, they they believe in their heart of hearts that Trump has their best interest at heart, even though I, you know, still blows my mind. Yeah, I, 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 I feel for them and we we have to recognize that. You know, you have one or two bad experiences, and you're on that the other side. It that's what happens. It's just mm-hmm. you you just you mm-hmm. end up becoming a cop for whatever reason, and you're t- floored by the idea of defunding the police. You know, it's it's like
2: I understand. And you're largely how you influenced to that by point. the people around you. You're largely influenced mm-hmm. by the people around you, and if you're not interacting with people who are on the left, or you know, if you're if you're on the left and you don't interact with people who are Republicans. <laughs> We sit here and we have the conversation we're having, which is, I don't understand how you can support this guy. Um, and there are not, there are mm-hmm. reasons that people support him, even if they're not valid. There are reasons that people go and like this guy, even yeah. if they're they're mean and spiteful reasons, or even if they're just, you know, trying to brush aside all of the the ways he's essentially tried to usurp the norms that hold our democracy together. And you just go, yeah, but he, you know, <laughs> you know, it, yeah, I was like, yeah, but like, he'll, he'll let me keep my gun like, or <laughs> like oh whole, you know, that tax break was awesome for like a year. And, uh, you know, I don't want to talk about what's going to happen in three years when that thing runs out, uh, or, mm-hmm. you know, when the economy takes a tumble again as a result of it. Um, like there, there are ways that you can get there and it's just a matter of who you associate with people. There are a lot of people who associate much yeah. more and and will be influenced by the people around you and your social circle than you are by what you know, just what you read online or what you read on the news.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Anyway, any other thoughts on <laughs> this? No, subject? Matt, what do we have next? <laughs> I hope it's lighter. I hope it's lighter.
0: Yeah. Please.
2: <clears throat> Boy. The Armenian genocide, no, uh, the, <laughs> not funny. The <laughs> this question, uh, comes to us from listener Brandon. Thanks very much for sending us in. Brandon, have any of you ever successfully used the quote unquote thumb punch tab to open a macaroni and cheese box? I always cave in and just rip the top off the box. <laughs> Guys, do you use a little thumb punch to get the box open for mac and cheese? Uh-
3: I'm going to extend this question to not just mac and cheese, but like the the potato spuds box when you're using the box potatoes, like any greater, of those, the, any the, of those the, boxes that have those thumb punches, any greater, of
2: them. The greater boxed cinematic universe.
3: Mm-hmm. Yes. I yes. disagree. I yeah. think those
1: need to be separate because the mac and cheese like doesn't reasonably fit through that hole. So to me, successfully using that hole is the easiest way to rip off the top of the box. That is how it's designed, in my <laughs> opinion. So that is successful using that hole. Whereas, like, mashed potatoes, the, they're, they're flakes. Like, they fit out of that yeah, hole. I can some of that them even the have, pancakes. like, a shoe. Well,
3: uh, his, his question is more of, have you ever actually been able to successfully pop that thumbprint? Yeah, no,
1: no, I know. So, like, <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying successful for
2: both is the same. I was, it says successful use, so I think same. it extends beyond, beyond just these. opening the tab.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think I've ever been able to use that. I, I think anytime I see it, I just disregard it and open it, open the box like a normal box I would open um, for mac and cheese for mac and cheese
2: mm-hmm. for mac and. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of ones where I've actually used that little slot, because I think it's like, if I buy like a box of salt or something, like they've got like a little section of metal thing. The, yeah. 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 Yeah, and that old John that you pull out if you're getting one of the like, Mortons, I think, and you just pull that out and you can use that. Uh, macaroni and cheese, under no circumstances have I ever used this thumb punch uh, contraption <laughs> uh, for, for this. Because uh, here's the thing if you're making a box of mac and cheese, when have you ever eaten like half of it? <laughs> Well, you have you to open like, the
0: top because the the pack is
2: in the there. Pack is you in have to get there. the packet like, out. Like you make anyway. the whole thing, or
1: you don't make it at all.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's no point. You have to get the packet out to make the whole thing of mac and cheese. There's no, there's. No circumstance under which it makes sense for you to use the pop of the mac and cheese because you're just going to rip the top open anyway for the cheese sauce yeah. and for everything. Just, just rip the top open. It's a waste of time, a waste of money, and a way to jack up the price by another five cents uh, because they have to do the little stitching in the side. Uh, I'm on to you, big big cheese. <laughs> big
3: mac and cheese. <laughs> big blue box.
2: Yeah. How dare you? How dare you, sir? Indubitably. <laughs> yes, I don't.
0: I can't. I can't imagine because I we were because we full disclosed played D and D with Brandon. Yeah, and he brought this up, and he was like, every time I try to do it, it just collapses, and that's true. Yeah. I don't understand. It doesn't save any time because it doesn't work. I
1: it's- disagree i disagree wholly to me it's a step one and a step two i've never had an issue like you line your thumbnail up with the bottom of that like perforated dot Mm -hmm. punch that shit in and then rip off the entire top of the box that is easier than trying to open the top of the box but the problem is
3: we have never been able (laughs) to get that thumb print like you you push the thumb in and it just caves in on itself
1: Get good, guys. I, that's all I can say. Get,
3: get good. good. <laughs> this, is this is not demon is soul
0: It's mac and cheese.
2: Yeah, which yeah. just
1: means that you're that bad at it. That's all I can say.
3: Like <laughs> yeah.
2: putting, Tim, I'm not looking for something else to put on my resume here. I just want some fucking mac and I'm cheese. boss at I'm opening mac and cheese. Special,
3: special skills can open a mac and cheese box. Yeah. With can't the but, yeah.
2: I mean, all this it's tells me is that I'm better itself.
1: than you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Christ that's almighty. why you're the president, perhaps. Yes, yes.
2: Yeah, you can go ahead. Like great at opening mac and cheese, and excellent at wasting my goddamn time. Listen,
1: <laughs> I'm the best at opening mac and cheese. No one does it better than me. Everyone
2: because knows she's she's it. Biggest man. We're all Everyone talking knows about it. it. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts on thumb popping this uh, this mac and cheese box? They're, they're useless unless, unless you're Tim. <laughs> it's, it seems like get a knife. <laughs> the last question of the evening comes to us from listener john Tursich, um and i believe he's this i think he's attacking me directly with this question um <laughs> it, it seems like he is because he's, he's putting me through suffering considering it uh the question is why is adam sandler a good actor if he isn't the writer of his movies i don't think he is
0: I disagree, hard disagree on the movies that he's in when he's not the writer. I honestly think he's a very good actor. I think he's just not a good writer. Yeah. I think that's the answer, is that <laughs> I don't think he's a great writer, and I think he's acting the shit out of a bad movie.
3: Hmm. I, oh, I,
1: maybe that's it. Maybe that's why I don't like Adam Sandler, or, don't, or just think he's overrated. How was that mm-hmm. Diamonds movie? I didn't see it. I heard Uncle it was Gems? very good. It is quite good. It is.
2: It is immensely stressful, but it is quite good. Uh, It was like I think it was might have been the last movie we. No, no, Sonic was the last movie we saw in theaters. Uh, It was the last movie that my wife and I saw together in theaters. Was Uncut Gems, and
3: it (laughs) was very stressful but very good. I I can't. I can't think of any movies that he is in but hasn't written or. You're looking at
2: Punch Drunk uh, Love. Yeah, you're looking at Uncut Gems and that one he did with Don Cheadle. Rain over me. Rain over me. Yeah okay i'm sure there's been other ones but those are the three i'm yep i I mean i have not actually seen punch drunk love oh
0: um that movie the john Apatel movie funny
2: people
3: i'm I'm gonna be the odd one out and say uh i i i like any of the happy madison movies um i'll watch billy madison every day all day uh (laughs)
2: Well, yeah, but there's also a gulf. Like, there's a difference between Happy Madison, Billy, uh, Happy, uh, not Happy Madison. There's a difference between Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison, and then like, uh, what, what like, uh, grown ups. Yeah, grown-ups. there's a difference. There's a gulf between those two films.
1: Yeah, and I think the only reason that we still find the other the original ones funny is at the time when they were new, that was our age appropriate sense of humor more or less (laughs) whereas now we think they're funny because like we remember them being funny and it's mostly nostalgia whereas like the movies that he's still coming out with are the same sense of humor like it hasn't really changed it's just a different version of the same kind of thing so Mm -hmm. it's it's less funny it's less entertaining like i i don't like them like Mm grown-ups was fine yeah didn't go see Grown Ups 2 because it was just going to be the same fucking movie,
2: right? Yeah. I, I and and it's like you said, the novelty had worn off by that point. It wasn't just the age appropriateness; it was the fact that it was the first time we saw him doing this bit. Um, I should say the, the wedding singer. I just looked up is he did not write the wedding singer either, which also makes sense because the wedding singer is considered maybe his best movie. It's, it it's, a, great
0: movie. it's, it's a great I've movie. I've I've never
3: seen that, but isn't that more of like a drama and less of a comedy, or is it? It's yes, it's absolutely it's a rock comedy. comedy.
2: It's a rom com. It's like a drama. It's got some drama in it, <laughs> like, but, like like a,
3: a dramedy, maybe. I, I guess. don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> know what that word is. Uh, <laughs>
2: never heard of it. Um, I think I think the reason that he's better in movies like Uncut Gems and Wedding Singer and movies that he doesn't write is the same reason that like Hunter S. Thompson, like he needed an editor because even as great of a writer as he is, you need you need a second set of eyes. to Just be like, no, nah, don't do that, man. Like, mm. <laughs> don't don't. Uh, Maybe, you know, you don't need to go on, like, a African vacation with Drew Barrymore in the year 2015. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe you don't need to do this.
3: Maybe maybe you don't need to make your third rom-com with Drew Barrymore. Uh, <laughs> in- I mean, I
2: am my Drew Barrymore, but, like, yeah, like, the you don't need this. You don't need to go on vacation with David Spade and, you know, all your fr- – Kevin James and all your friends. Rob you Schneider. Know. Just because mm-hmm. you know Dan Patrick doesn't mean he deserves to be in a movie. Uh, you know, like it just <laughs> every professional athlete you meet is also not like running for an Oscar. You know, <laughs> like stuff like that. Like, you just need a second set of eyes. It's the same reason that like any of these people need like a, a, a writing partner. Like, um, like what's say Seth Rogan, Adam McKay, S- Adam McKay and Seth Rogan. Like Seth, all the Seth Rogan movies had Adam McKay in there as his, as his writing partner. You know, you need that that second mind that to bounce things off of. So uh, left uncontrolled, Adam Sandler will just go to the Caribbean and do, you know, a situational comedy Mm -hmm. and bring all his family and friends to go on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Any other thoughts on why Adam Sandler is a good actor if he's not the writer of his movies? (laughs) Uh, Because he's a shit writer.
3: Yeah, I like I like Sean's point. He's probably just a shit writer.
2: (laughs) And also is very true. Very true. That's our last question, guys. That's it. We that's did it. Now, did it. I don't have a take, but I do have a, a bit of a, a clarification uh, regarding a, a piece of, of uh, public relations that went out on our behalf earlier this week. Now, our, our wonderful, uh, the, the wonderful Mary O'Brien, uh, O'Brien not O'Brien, uh, Bri- Brian. Uh, Sean, that's <laughs> your last name, right? O'Brien. <laughs> yes. Yeah, What's your okay. name? Yeah. What's my name? Oh, la, la. Um, so uh, earlier uh, the week that we started recording, so earlier in the week of December, uh, like first through fifth, uh, we, uh, Mary, put out a couple of, of great uh, pieces of graphic design on our behalf uh, promoting the Brose <laughs> podcast. Uh, looked very good and and, and accurately requested questions about the life, the universe, and everything, um, and described us as the award-winning Brose podcast. But there's an asterisk.
3: Uh, there's an asterisk
2: <laughs> on, on that, that piece of artwork. And, of course, on, at the bottom, all next of the artwork. Asterisk, uh, on all of the artwork, uh, there's an asterisk next to award winning and at the bottom uh, with the asterisk. It added the clarification, uh, quote, Brose is not an award winning podcast, <laughs> unquote. Now, uh, Mary does phenomenal work for us uh, for no benefit, uh, really, <laughs> uh, by compiling our questions, distributing them to us, doing all this great stuff for us on the side. Um, but nothing could be further from the truth, uh, than her statement saying that we are not an award-winning podcast. And so very briefly, I just want to recount for everybody, uh, what we have won as, <laughs> as members of the Brosé podcast. Uh, and it's, it's an expansive list, but I've, I've narrowed it down to just like, you know, like a dozen or so. Um, so first of all, Oscar for best picture, ours nailed, it. <laughs> it. uh, Emmy for best drama done Tony for best Tony. Done. Um a Grammy for best best rap album for Sean's debut album, "Froth in Your Mouth. Um a Nobel Peace Prize, a Nobel Physics Prize, a Nobel Nobel Prize, a Caldecott Award for Tim's children's book. Now, Tim wanted to make a children's book uh using his signature castphrase uh on this show regarding man
1: Matthew fucking ingrid <laughs>
2: However, uh the 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 publisher very uh Understandably, explained that we needed to censor it a little bit, so we actually we did change the title a little bit, so it changed it to "Learn How to Do Math, You Adorable Fucking Child." Um, we also won the 1994 Cobb County Chili Cookoff. They say that we were second, but we know that Beth Manderville bought hers from the store. You know it, I know it, everyone knows it. Uh, we also won the Lombardi Trophy for Super Bowl Fifty Two. Uh, we won the Electoral College in Michigan if they would just recount the city votes uh, and. All of the 2019 Golden Brobes Awards.
0: We did. Win
2: all we won them all. Every single one. Every one of them. So those are just a, a, a smattering of the awards that we've won over the course of time. Frankly, it, like we're not generating a ton of revenue here. We're a podcast of the people. And it would cost a lot of money to uh, to to keep paying for the software that it would require for us to keep track of all of these awards. So, again, this is just a brief summary. And uh, we'll be happy to display more upon request.
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: That's a great clarification, Matt. I'm really really, uh, happy you did that. I'm
2: glad we appreciate (laughs) it. (laughs) Um,
3: Thank you, Mary, for the wonderful artwork that uh, you do apropos of of nothing. (laughs) For
2: no no real reason in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Tim, if people want to get your takes on alcohol, the cause of all life's problems and solutions, where can they find you on Twitter to find out about that? At Tim R. Hansen. How about Go! you, Sean? <laughs> how about you, Sean?
3: At, hey, it's S-O-B.
2: And how about you, Rich?
3: At B underscore walnuts.
2: And you can follow me on Twitter at mcasnel. That's M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. The podcast is on Twitter at brose underscore podcast, on Facebook at brose podcast, and on Instagram at brose underscore podcast. Um, our show can be downloaded and subscribed to on Every major podcasting platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Spotify, SoundCloud, and tune in. And if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the air, email it to brosequestions at gmail.com. That's brosequestions at gmail.com. Huge thanks, as always, to the aforementioned Mary O'Brien for compiling our questions, uh, doing some great artwork for us, and generally putting up with our nonsense. Um, <laughs> thank you, as always, to Shannon Vogel for designing our world-famous Logel. Uh, you can find her work at Shannon Vogel Photography on Facebook. That's V-O-G-E-L and on Etsy.com. And our theme music is When by Steven Siebert, and you can listen to his work at the Free Music Archive. Uh, Rich, what's going on with PodQuest these days?
3: check out PodQuest and early round table where we talk about that week's nerd news and the stuff we've done, uh, seeing as it's the end of the year, we're going to have our yearly wrap up of, uh, if we can, our top five best ofs, who knows if there is one, uh, or five. And, uh, I'll probably talk more about Godzilla. It's the end of the year. So there's not really a lot of news.
2: It's been like four months of Rich going on this other podcast and talking about Godzilla. It's awesome.
3: It's there's uh f- uh, uh for the initial series from 1954 until n- 1976 or something like that or 79. Uh, there's 26 Godzilla movies, so it's one a week is what I'm That's doing. Unreal. It's wild. Oh, nice.
2: Wild, man. Uh, Sean, talk to us about your frisbees.
0: If you want to see me frisbees, then Obi <laughs> just off on YouTube. Oops. And Twitter OB underscore disc golf on Instagram. <laughs> if
3: you want to see me frisbees, how does <laughs>
1: one frisbees for all your
2: fris- <laughs> for all your frisbees needs? Uh, all your frisbees needs. That's it, everybody. We did it. Say goodbye to the gentle listeners.
3: Bye. Bye. Ciao. Happy New Year
2: for Tim Hansen, Year. Rich Sweeten, Sean O'Brien, and the entire Action Moves team.
3: Boo-boo-boo-boo. Happy Moo Year.
2: Oh, here we Ah, go. Ah, it's a pun. (laughs) My name is Matt Casnell, reminding you to be smart about being stupid.
0: Don't tell me what to do!